years ago, Universal Music changed the conversation around Latin music with Despacito. They've continued that trend of global hits with songs like Mi Gente and Tusa. This is Billboard's Latin Power Players Conversation, Latin Artists Go Global, featuring Jesus Lopez, Andrew Cronfield, and Hannah Karp, presented by Lexus. Jesus and Andrew, thank you so much for joining us virtually for Latin Week. Latin hits have been crossing over to the mainstream for decades, but it was Despacito that was really the game changer that drove the current wave of Latin streaming success outside of the Latin market. What was so different about Despacito? I think uh, the first uh, big, big difference uh, is that uh, previously the um, artist was most the crossover. I think uh, uh, previously the songs get the hits around the world, but not the artists. Very few artists uh, was uh, crossover in the last decades. And now after Despacito, the game changed. And now it's not only the songs, it's a movement, a culture movement, and the artists that is taking uh, the wall for a storm. I, I think from my side, it was right song, right artist, and most importantly, at the right time. You had something that at the right moment when there was uh, a streaming ecosystem taking over both audio and audio visual, this, this song with the most incredible hook came out. And for the first time, we were able to capture and see the massive amounts of audience that the Latin market had globally. And it wasn't just something that was self-contained. I remember calling Jesus in January of that year, freaking out, saying, what's going on with this? What is this thing? And him laughing at me saying, now you're finally seeing what we've always known. And, and how did the success of Despacito change the way you operate as a company when it comes to Latin music? From our division, was a natural develop. I think, uh, of course, nobody expect the huge success like Despacito got. But uh, we were investment. Uh, a lot of money in the Latin world in the decade that the uh, market was in depression, when the market was not uh, growing. Uh, instead to be more cautious, we spent a lot of money uh, to buy uh, new companies, we invest in new artists, to hire artists from other labels. And I think we were ready to do the job. And I think this is the important thing that after Despacito, we realized that our strategy was the correct uh, strategy. And of course, all the UNG mechanisms start to work in favor of all the investments that we did in the previous uh, five, six years before we released Despacito. And were you, were you worried at the time that you were taking a big risk and in investing so much money? The risk was uh, very measurable. Uh, we know. Uh, we are doing that moment because uh, it's like a survivor mood. Uh, in that moment, uh, you can do only two things. Close down the companies in the majority of the territories because there, there are very, very few income and we are depressing every year, including in the major markets like Mexico, Brazil, where going down all the revenues. Uh, or to think that uh, the future could be there with another business model. And this is uh, our approach. We change the business model. We create a new 
structure. We create uh, a real 360, deal, 360 company. And with all these things together, we can achieve uh, success and the growth that we are uh, achieving right now. Of course, without uh, the explosion of the streaming, that will be impossible to achieve. And I think the streaming is the most democratic way to uh, achieve the consumption and the consumers around the world, including our territories. And also, we erased part of the piracy that was our major cancer in our business in Latin America in the previous uh, 20 years. And I think also to, to the credit of, of our boss, uh, Sir Lucian Grange, even during the darkest times of our industry, when it looked like we were going down every single year, we never stopped investing in artists. We've never stopped in local repertoire. We always had the mandate and the instruction to go after new talent, developing talent, and breaking new artists. We never shied away from that. And we're starting to see the, the benefits of that now from, from all that investment during that dark period. How much power does the Latin world have today in the music, in the global music ecosystem versus five or 10 years ago? It's night and day. You know, back to the earlier point I raised, we always had an audience and we just didn't know how big the audience was. So if you just looked at CD sales and things that were metrics with gatekeepers, it was hard to capture. Once access became easier and any Latin fan or fan of Latin music was able to engage with Latin music around the world and videos, it skyrocketed. So I would say it's, I don't know, fivefold or more, more important and more sizable now than it was five or 10 years ago. And that's really, it's not that the audience has changed, it's that we're finally understanding how big this audience is and how global it is. We at Billboard, we just launched two new global charts, the Global 200 and the Global XUS, which excludes the U.S. market. How, how are global charts like those um, changing the game and what are they revealing about the market that um, maybe wasn't apparent before? Any chart that's global that captures fans in multiple geographies is valuable in the global ecosystem we're in now. If you look at YouTube charts in any given week, I don't know, 30 or 40% of the top 50 are Latin. If you look at Spotify charts, 25, 30% of the top 50 or 100 are Latin. We would never have seen that in local charts. So if you're doing the same thing, which you are now at Billboard, we're gonna capture something very similar and we're gonna start, start to really see the scale of different kinds of music from different geographies finally being seen. And, and we're gonna reap the benefits of that because we'll all know that we're doing the right thing by investing in it. The consumption in the Latin world is so high. Then we have uh, two markets that are very important worldwide, Mexico and Brazil. And one that is, you don't see so well because it's the US Latin and it's in, in, inside of the, of the US market. And, but it's the biggest market that we have right now. But probably sometimes you don't see that. Uh, with these three markets, we are on top of the wall before we, we were. Uh, and we increase a lot our presence around the world. But it's in, in consumption. That makes uh, the Latin uh, product uh, more attractive and also makes that the managers and the Anglo artists want to be successful also 
in that countries because they can get a lot of volume for in streamings for that uh, that uh, that markets, uh, the Latin markets, and also especially in the in the uh, image more than the sound, more in YouTube than in Spotify, for example. Um, we are uh, growing our presence around the world, but the interesting thing for us as a company is that you can see that, for example, the Despacito has 60% uh, of the volume in, uh, that uh, was consum consuming in that moment, in that the last four years, is 60% was consumed in Latin America. But when you see the revenues, we get 80% of the revenues come out of Latin world. This is one of the major propeller ideas or um, strategies that uh, we need to, to, to take in consideration because for us as a, a public company that we are manage uh, uh, revenues to, uh, makes a lot of difference in our uh, uh, PNL. And I think it's uh, very interesting uh, to see how uh, the balance between consumption and um, uh, revenues works in this moment in the Latin world and with the Latin product outside of the Latin world. You need to remember that uh, I run in one of the divisions that uh, for a long time we are the only one that release uh, an, uh, Latin product. But now we have more divisions that are uh, releasing Anglo product. For example, Germany is releasing uh, artists in Spanish, uh, France, Italy, and of course in the United States, Interscope Republic uh, Capital, they are signing uh, Latin artists. More, the majority of them bilingual, by culture, but they are releasing songs in Spanish. Then uh, it's difficult to get, uh, in my perspective, uh, whole, the whole number. I don't know if uh, Andrew has most information. Well, I, I would just say, yeah, to Jesus's point, when you start to see that American domestic labels, Anglo labels, European non-Spanish language markets are all investing in Spanish language and Latin repertoire, it's a business. You can see that these people see the opportunity. Every year, our number of consumption, our, our engagement with Latin repertoire is growing. Everyone wants in. Everyone wants to be part of that. And you're going to start to see it elsewhere as well. And that even holds true with collaborations and artists from, from places you know, in Asia, in Africa, wanting to work with Latin artists. It's, it's a movement that's just continuing to grow and will represent more and more of our overall share of engagement as time goes forward. What are the challenges um, in English-speaking markets that you still face when it comes to breaking artists who sing in other languages? Yeah, I, I would say that, and I'm sure Jesus will agree with me because we laugh about this all the time, the most difficult markets for us with Latin repertoire are the English language markets. It's, it's the U.S. non-Latin audience, it's the U.K., it's Canada, it's Australia, New Zealand. They are the most... Uh, insular with English language and wanting English language in their markets. European markets are used to multiple languages. Uh, Asian markets are used to multiple languages when you see things like K-pop and J-pop and stuff like that. You have a different culture and so our, our most difficult nut to crack are these English language markets and it's, 
I'm, I'm proud to say that we do better each and every month, each and every year, but they are not leading the charge. They're coming up behind. Which markets would you say have the most potential or where, where is the most room to grow for Latin music? It's interesting to see how uh, in the crossover artists that we got in the last uh, four years, like uh, um, Luis Fonsi, uh, J Balvin, uh, Carol G, uh, Sebastián Yatra, uh, J Cortez, uh, the mega hits that we got in this, with these artists, uh, you see the revenues. You can see like countries like uh, France, uh, Germany, Italy are in the top 10. First of all, one of the major issues that we have and we need to, to also put in the, in the correct perspective is the first thing that we, we, we need to uh, break is uh, the, the, the country that we need to break is Brazil. That is a Latin market, but it's very isolated. And then when we get uh, the Brazil in the top 10 markets that in with these artists, and also you have some European markets in uh, revenues, you are more than happy. But when you see in uh, consumption, in units, you can see India and China in the top 10 markets that uh, we have right now in the numbers of our artists, the five or six artists I mentioned before. Yeah, and I would say that it's so exciting because of the population scale and the scale of people who are coming online with disposable income, middle-class people who have access to this music, it's you go where the people are. China and India, as, as Jesus just said, are going to be massively, massively influential with Latin music. You'll see that in the next three to five years, and it's gonna be great to watch the amount of cool stuff that comes out in collaboration between artists from these different cultures. And what are some of the tactics that you're using to break into either the English-speaking tough-to-crack markets or, or the, you know, the Eastern markets? Are, are there things you're learning that work and things that don't work? Uh, sometimes it's collaborations, it's featuring with uh, local superstars or new, new artists that are developing in that country. But the reality is we need to look for um, a real uh, artistic approach. When you are looking for a marketing approach and you put together an Anglo artist and a Latino artist, 90% uh, of the time you failure. If you want to get a big, big success, you need to, to uh, make an organic, organic approach. If you don't have the organic approach, it's very difficult to get that. Uh, for example, today I am very exciting because it's the first time that we are trying to do something with, uh, in English with uh, Sebastian Jatra. And you can see uh, in the UK, this is our target right now, we release uh, under the Polydor, Polydor label a uh, single for uh, one of the biggest artists in, in UK and with uh, the collaboration of Michael Bublé and also with uh, Sebastian Jatra. And when you see that the BBC2 put in the, in the chart, in the A chart, the first day, and you see the numbers that in 24 hours we are getting, uh, I, I, I start to thinking that we did the correct decision to put Jatra uh, in that uh, collaboration. Makes sense. 
uh, was very organic, was between the three artists. We, 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 we were uh, supporting that, but all of three artists were working in the production, changed the, the sounds, changed some lyrics uh, to make uh, sense that the three together uh, can do something bigger. And I think this is the important thing. Work organically between the Latin artists and the Anglo artists in the A&R perspective. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, whereas a few years ago it might have been, let me just jump on a few bars, let's get a quick feature to say that such and such artists worked with the other artists. Now it's much more organic and the artists are collaborating truly together, writing together, recording together, trading ideas. That's you can tell that, and you can hear it, and you can see it, and that's going to make the difference. What are the trends that tend to make um, these collaborations more successful, and what are recipes for disaster? Are there any tips that you give um, Latin artists and non-Latin artists before they start a collaboration? Well, I, I think that when the artists respect each other, you know, it's great to see, circling back to what we were talking about earlier, when these other artists are seeing, they're seeing videos and they're listening to songs from other cultures, they're starting to connect directly with each other. And so if an artist from the UK or the US is checking out something that's coming from Colombia or from Brazil or Puerto Rico, you're starting to get these artists talking to each other, trading ideas, becoming friends, you know, DMing each other and things like that. It's just much more natural. You can see that the cultures aren't that different and youth culture and hip hop and urban music and dance music or whatever the genre is, they're global and these artists connect with each other on that level and when that happens, it just feels better and you can tell and you have more success naturally. When the Rolling Stones uh, uh, went to Bogota to perform in Bogota and they invite Juanes to appear in, on the stage and sing together, after that, uh, with the promotion that uh, media did to that event, a lot of uh, artists that uh, are in that genre, the rock-oriented artists, uh, from different countries around the world, Metallica, for example, uh, called Juanes to do a collaboration in a new album that Metallica was releasing, I think, uh, several months ago. Then it's organic. This is the important thing to me is that these kind of things became a real important in the career artists when they are organic. Universal's Latin operation is unique in that you offer management and concert promotion in, in addition to being um, a record label. It was a real surviving mood. As you can imagine in that years was a disaster. I remember perfectly that I was visiting my countries and every visit was very painful because where the, the, the objective of that visit was to reduce the structure, to reduce the overheads. And, and the market was shrinking for everybody, not only for the record industry, also for the managers, also for the artists. And then was uh, very difficult to, to survive in that, in, that, uh, in that environment. And that was the reason that uh, we start to think, okay, why? We are not uh, making a structure, um, put on place and convince the managers and the artists that is much better to put all together. And when we invest one dollar, will be more uh, profitable or more 
uh, well spent that when we spend one dollar and the manager is doing another thing, the artist thinking another thing, and then in that moment was very revolutionary, was very difficult to understand for some of the major artists or the major uh, managers. But right now it's very common, it's normal. Uh, we are right now more than 100 artists in our division that we have uh, management rights and we have a division that is doing booking in some countries that the legislation allow us to do. We are uh, promoting concerts sometimes to help the manager and the artist uh, to conquer one country because nobody believes in the country, not promoter believe in that country and we take the risk. We create uh, festivals and with that dynamic in the last uh, eight years, we were growing and growing and growing and right now we can say that we, we did previously the, the pandemic, pre previously to the COVID, we did more than uh, 1,500 shows in the Latin world the previous year. Then I think this business will be back. But in any case, in the meantime, we are managers. We are manage the career of some of the biggest artists of the company. And of course, makes uh, more easy the process of uh, creation and more easy the process of uh, taking decisions that uh, help to develop their careers and make crossovers. I think uh, when you put all together, it's easier to understand uh, what is the goal and what is the way to achieve that goal. What does it mean to be a global artist? I mean, aren't all universal artists essentially now global? Well, it's definitely our intention for artists to be global, but not everyone achieves that. But the reality is people who listen to music and watch videos today do it from everywhere in the world. And when you become part of the family at UMG, you're pretty much having the aspiration and the ambition. That's why you want to come and work with us to be global. And being global means that you're not just engaging, you're not just being consumed and listened to and heard and seen in a small portfolio of markets. If you're a Latin artist, it means that you're not just working in Spanish-speaking territories. You're, you're somebody that's actually going out there and people care about you in Asia, in non-Spanish-speaking Europe, in Africa, in Australia. That's what it's all about. It's all about opening up and letting people hear and see you and we believe in our artists and we believe in the talent and we want people to engage with them. It's exciting. Hannah, I think for the first time, I can tell you uh, in, from the bottom of my heart, that uh, in the last years, uh, Lucian Grange make us feel that uh, we are sit down in the main table and we have the same meal that everybody. Then this is very important for us. Because the Latinos, previously to that, we were a small part of the business and was very difficult to, to get the attention of the big brothers. It was, was, was a real painful sometimes to, to say, okay, I am here and I would like to do these things and it was difficult. Well, now uh, I think the major, the major develop uh, in the Universal Music Group is that uh, we are a real, real pleasure. We are completely integrated in the whole structure. And I think this is uh, thanks to the philosophy of uh, Sir Lucian Grange.
Do you have to be popular in the U.S. to be considered a global artist? No, no. You have to be, there's not really a rule, Hannah. It's not sort of like X number of countries, including X, Y, and Z. It's, it's, we consider a global artist an artist that people care about in multiple geographies outside of one language in one part of the world. We like it when, we like it, when it matters in the U.S. because it is still the biggest market, but it's not a prerequisite. When do you think we will hear the next Despacito? <laughs> this is difficult to, to, to predict, but uh, I cross my, my fingers and I will be a um, Latin artist that can get that kind of volumes and the uh, revenues. Uh, if, I need, if you allow me to bet for who will be the next, I bet from the Brazilian acts. I think the Brazilian has the potential to get huge, huge success around the world and also to get volumes and compete with everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was Thank great. you so much, Hannah. Adios, Jesus. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Adios.